doesn't say Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that has more comebacks than Lazarus. Uh, we're back in the sewing room this week after another ridiculous fourth quarter where the Bengals, or should I say cardiac cats, got our pacemakers going again with an astonishing 24-point comeback all scored in the fourth quarter. Um, we've got a busy show coming up uh, because uh, we have two guests tonight, one from New York, uh, the other from Manchester. So we're going to dive straight in once again, joining me this week because Nathan is still in Los Angeles. Uh, he is a married man now, I can confirm that. Uh, once again, joining me this week is Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Hello, Paul. How are you? All right, I'm I'm very well, thank you. After last, well, if you don't ask me about quarter nine last night, no, actually, then that's wrong. About quarter past eight, I'd say I'd be. I'd, I think my mood would have been very different, to be honest with you. I completely the same. I I got some uh, dinner uh, or tea, as we say at North. Tea, yeah, and yeah. Um, at half time, and I remember watching. Uh, long story short, I was watching it. Uh, what did you have for your team? Most uh, jungle curry was delightful. Was I made it? quite a lot, so there's still uh, some to go. Anyway, yes. uh, the viewers don't give it. The <laughs> listeners don't care about my They do. My Believe me, it's food. Uh, um, and just, I remember feeling so flat. Well, then I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't like angry. I was just a bit like, well, that was a bit rubbish. And then the yeah. kind of second half came and we kind of got back into it. And also after that, the first drive, I think we were three and out on the first series, and it was like, oh, here we go, this is... No, 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 we moved the ball down the field. Did we leave it yet? Yeah, well, we did. Like we did. Put, like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it felt like we didn't really um, come out firing on all sorts, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, that yeah. fourth quarter came, and we were incredible. It was very reminiscent of the, the two like, big series seasons that we've had, with the 2015, obviously rings the most true, and then 2013, I'd say, but... Absolutely. But, yeah. Um just, it's weird to be four and one. It's really weird to be four and one. I just, in a good in, way. In a great way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your Mondays are so much better as a result. You don't have to stress. Oh, so, so much. is isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I I can't. If if we lose, I can't face like looking at articles and I can't face listening to podcasts. Yeah, same here. Same here. People just, are yeah. generally slagging us off left, right, and centre. And it now, just re- puts a really you're in a good mood for the rest of the week, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think also people who are non-Bengals fans are enjoying the Bengals. So it's always a nice thing to have when your team's like liked by people. Well, we're, I mean, it makes a change, doesn't it? Because yeah. lots of non-Bengals fans usually absolutely hate the Bengals. Yeah, but um, taste. Uh, I don't know, man. We're a fun team to watch, as the Americans say. Yeah, we are super fun. We're, yeah. so, we're like so fun. Yeah, sorry to my American listeners for my terrible accent. <laughs> but, uh... Don't worry, I only have three, so that's good. Um <laughs> Now, um, let's go over quickly what happened yesterday. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we won. That was good. Uh, at one stage, we really weren't winning at all, were we? We no. were just losing, flat out losing. Do you know what made me real? I, I sort of went back to the Carolina game when we kind of got uh, done by that the run pass option. I felt like mm. that's what the Dolphins focused on. Because Tannehill yeah. is, a, is a, mobile, a mobile quarterback in some ways, and that running game looked like it was clicking Frank Gore. I mean, what what is his diet? I I just don't know. But they moved it well. They they uh, manipulated some of our weaknesses at times really well. We looked quite a basic defense in that first half. We did and, couldn't and, stop um, a thing, could we? Couldn't stop anything, and um, it was really frust- yeah frustrating. And then again, back to back weeks where the special teams have kind of let us down. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like that was. Yeah, just quite flat that all three phases were letting us down a little bit. We were kind of moving the ball. The run game wasn't working at all. The yeah. defence wasn't stopping anything. I mean, Miami, Miami um, to be fair, did play well, I thought. Mm. You know, they schemed it up nicely and were just attacking our weaknesses. Absolutely. But 
man, it was just like, oh, come on. Come on, where are you? After, yeah. You know, you've got to... This was the classic banana skin game, with all due respect to Miami, but it was kind of... Oh, what, you just haven't started yet, have you? No, you haven't started. And, I, and there's a bit of me thinking about it today, thinking... They're really tired after last week's game, and Jamie will be able to tell us how hot it was out in Atlanta when we speak to him. So, yeah, sorry yeah. to uh, do it to uh, no, it's good. Uh, just to ruin that, the surprise. But it seemed like it was, it was. And you look at Atlanta yesterday; and they were flat against Pittsburgh. Yeah, equally. Bad and then evening. you think about what's coming next week, and I know it's, it, you know we'll, we'll try and talk about it. It's just an average week, but it's not an average week for the players, I don't think, still. And you wonder if they weren't quite on it this week with um, the offense being down with with no Ross, no Eifert, mm, mm. and no Geo. So. There were things that were going up against us, but what it showed again was that character from a quite young team to, to come back and, and do well. I have to say, I mean, you can... I mean, I thought the offensive line was pretty awful yesterday. Yeah, pretty ordinary. Um, Alex Redmond again, another red zone penalty. Yeah. Uh, no run game no. to speak of. Dalton was all right, I thought. You know, another unlucky tipped deflected yeah. interception. And that, and that was after uh, one of the penalties that pushed us back. Yeah. It was a third. Yeah, that's second right. down, it was quite a long yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He forced it in there, which is, you know, so they take a shot, great. But yeah, they. I think they. I think Miami kind of went, let's just get after them because we're down on pass rushes from a four-man They forward. looked, I have to say, they. I mean, obviously they came out after a beating by the Patriots. They looked really up for it, I have to say. They were really, the energy was good for yeah. them. And then a couple of things happened in that sort of, third quarter you know yeah. it was certainly at the start of the first when obviously the Dalton um, the oh. Dalton um, incredible pass where he looked as though he was going to get sacked and managed somehow to get it out to to uh, mix it yeah uh, what an incredible play that was and I, I kind of thought all through this season and this hasn't really been talked about we talked about it a little bit in pre-season mm. but Dalton looks really good passing on the run and he's never quite been that good. And I do wonder whether, you know, we talk about Frank... Frank... Uh, Frank... Frank Pollock. Our French... Uh, uh, the French uh, line uh, coach <laughs> there, yeah. Offensive line, eh? Frank Pollock. Yeah, we talk about him a lot, and we talk about Terrell Austin. Not, I don't think he's doing that well at the moment. No, but with yeah, so yeah, I think what go back to Dalton point first, if if I may. I think either they've, they're coaching him to be more um, when things break down, more not Aaron Rodgers like, but that's the kind. Well, of that was the point I was going to yeah. make. Oh, um, so I feel like oh, we're in no, no, sync no, no. here. Yeah. No, there's no, no, no. I know, right? Um, um, Nathan Hill, Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. The, the person that we haven't, no one's really spoken about is Alex Van Pelt. Yes, Alex ah. Van Pelt. <laughs> but he's he, and who did he work with before? Aaron Rodgers. And what is Aaron Rodgers really good at? Obviously, he's good at really quite a lot of things. But one of his specialities is kind of getting out of the pocket and having that confidence to like drill it downfield. Now, Don's not really a driller, is he? But he he does uh, easy life. now. Um, <laughs> He's a God-fearing man <laughs> um, and likes Coldplay and Pilates. Um, yeah, but Dalton, Dalton doesn't, has, doesn't have the, obviously have the arm of, of Rogers, but he looks really great on, on you know... On the run, on yeah. either kind of uh, scripted bootlegs or, you know, kind of extended plays where he has to do something to get out of the pocket. And he was having to do that quite a lot yesterday. And he did... Like, the difference between this year and last year, he he's not panicking. No. He looks really quite 
comfortable and with it. And I do wonder whether that whether you know Alex Van Pelt has had a real kind of yeah impact on that. Definitely, I think it's weird because a lot's been said about Dalton over the years and what he is and what he isn't, and um, I feel like he finally realizes that he has to take a step in his career otherwise he could quite quickly be out of the league and that and that sounds crazy but yeah. that's how sometimes the nfl works but yeah i think van pelt's been good for him and what i've liked about dalton is he has not let the play to be what it is and say this this is what this is where i'm going with the ball he knows where his guys are i think the tyler boyd situation helps him because yeah. that gives it and then obviously aj yesterday a couple of plays the two that you mentioned um so outside the mix one there was two that where it broke down and he picked out aj it was lovely yep. passes yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it was like normally if aj doesn't get the ball on his route he'll stop or he'll not do anything but there was one by the sideline when he pulled that to his right and he threw it and you were like aj followed that as well i didn't wouldn't normally do that and it was like okay these guys are clearly working Hopefully. on that yeah and yeah. they're working on it as well because uh, it becomes uh, a difficult you know a thing that becomes more natural to you which mm. which helps their team when you can play fast and yeah that's what um uh, what's this chops um laser said today in uh, the mmqb with albert breer uh, i've not read that yet yeah really good little really good little line and he said listen we're we, we, our fancy line wasn't great yesterday, but we're, we we're, he's doing really well. Everyone's kind of stepping up when we need to, and it was great to see that. And it is true. I mean, um, but we did need a spark from somewhere. And you know what it's like whenever you go and see like a football game over here, and the crowd's a bit flat, and it goes into the second half, and you know the the, the atmosphere is building behind, and there's one either one bad tackle or one foul or shot or run that just gets everyone going. To me, that moment happened yesterday. When Gino sacked Tannehill, he absolutely levelled him. And then suddenly Dunlap came alive. And you could just tell, you could just feel the energy sort of crackling from the laptop screen. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, wow, something is really happening here. Yeah. And those two in particular, Atkins and Dunlap, which I thought was sensational. Yeah, and that's what your D-line rotation helps you do because you think about the difference in the game, it was that back end of the third quarter, fourth quarter where they those yeah. guys took over. Yeah. And um, can I add to that? I think Joe Mixon is the lightning bolt of our offense. And Could be. He just he, Could be. He seems to galvanize or give energy to the team that you think about the guys like Dalton and Green who are offensive leaders, quite passive guys like yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, they're quite chilled, aren't they? But Mixon just clearly is just energetic. And, and he's up around. and down the sidelines, he's waved. Yeah. Shirt in the air, he's geeing the crowd up. I don't know. There, there is a really good and it's just the word, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of energy. Just two things I picked up from Paul Dana Jr., our old chum, Paul Dana Jr. DJ. Um, more on the Geno Atkins train. Not only does he lead all defensive interior players in pressures, 31, and sacks, 6, and tied for third in stops, 13. But he's on pace for 19 sacks this season. That would be a new NFL record for an interior de- uh, lineman. De lineman. De lineman. Um, why? Why? <laughs> know. Why? De almost like that's like a really bad Jamaican accent. I almost that's put on there, sound. but didn't actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be a start. That's Hall of Fame. I think he's making a really great case for it. Um, he'd be one of those guys that in 20 years' time, you tell your grandkids or people will tell their grandkids. Yeah, he was a really good player because he won't be someone that sticks out on the like, like Warren Warren Sapp, for example, no. where it's like loud character, but just um, 
yeah, it just always kind of delivers and it just quietly goes about its business. Absolutely. And I loved how yesterday, one of the, one of his sacks where he kind of adapted to new rules when he knocked over the guy and then rolled over him. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're 300 pounds. Like, how have you got how that much that? skill, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah. Like, fantastic. And on Dunlap, another Paul Dana Jr. factoid, strip sacks and forced turnovers by the DL are supposed to be rare in the NFL. But Carlos Dunlap has forced what should have been a turnover in four of five games this year. He's been playing like a man possessed this season. It's amazing what a new contract. And not that he wasn't ever amazing, but he just really seems to have like those two especially. I know Hubbard's playing well. Billings is all right. Carl Lawson's been playing well, but not getting the sacks. He's yeah. been pres- you know, put on a lot of pressure. Uh, obviously, I say Hubbard, MJ's in there doing his thing. Um, Jordan Willis is in there. Adolphus Washington yeah, played a few snaps debut. yesterday. It's pretty much under the radar. And Burfitt gets a lot of the headlines. Um, but those two guys especially, Dunlap and uh, and Gino, they seem to have gears where they kind of... They don't coast through games. They, you know, they're playing really yeah. well. And then just suddenly, they go nuts. Absolutely, they just step yeah. it up and then just take over a game. And that's been the story of the fourth quarter for the defense. It's like pretty. We've been up and down for you know parts of games, and then when we've needed a play, they've stepped up. So I don't know what the message is at that time, but something's getting through. And that, like I said to you, that, that rotation has to help because guys are fresh. Yeah, I think the young guys are really energized that defensive line. Uh, Lawson, he said a lot of pressures. Hubbard just seems like a type of guy that's going to be a, a, Bengals, a good, solid, pro, yeah, Bengals pro, guy, yeah. you know, fan favorite for years. And yeah. then obviously Willis, I think it's quite a man about town, but yeah, serious player. So like, it's just really refreshing. And that, if you think back to the, the Eagles last year. Very similar in terms of the way the teams are made up, basically. So I think it's yeah, really good. Yeah, that's a really good shout, actually. Uh, and what did the Eagles do last year? Anyway, well, we won't talk about that. <laughs> we will not talk about that. Uh, so. But we do dare to dream, don't we, Simon? I dream every day. I don't want to know what you dream about. Um, <laughs> right, as I say, we do have a packed episode for you guys uh, today, this evening, tomorrow, in the morning, whenever and wherever you're listening. Um Yes, as Simon alluded to earlier, we're going to talk to our very own Jamie Rowe. Um, He went to Atlanta last week, so he's going to tell us all about it. So, Jamie, are you there? I am indeed. Hello there, Paul. And Simon. Simon is here also. And Paul's, and Paul's little helper. <laughs> That's right. I seem to have a new one every week now. I'm starting to get a reputation. But, um, yes, yeah, so we wanted to get you on again, Jamie, uh, not least for your excellent footballing analysis, but also you went to Atlanta last week, and I'm always keen to talk to British fans out there who've been to the to the States and uh, can tell us a bit more about our experiences. Uh, so, Atlanta, how was it? Well, it's... Apart from I mean, the results, of course. The, the, the one-point victory with, with seven seconds left to go, um, that's probably about as good as you, you're ever going to want a game to be, mm. unless you're sticking 40 past Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> Still next the, week. It's not going to get any better. Um, I was surrounded by Falcons fans, and they were all incredibly unhappy, and that just made me even more of a <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just having a beer. Um, yes. Mm. So, I mean, what? where did you stay? What was the stadium like? Because it always seems to me um, Atlanta's a big old place, and you don't normally think of Atlanta as a big old place, but it is a big old place, right? 
Yeah, and we we kind of stayed. Uh, I went with my with my dad, who's a Packers fan, um, because I went to a Packers game a few years ago. Um, and this was kind of returning the um, returning the favour on that one. Um, we stayed in in Midtown Atlanta, um, up by Georgia Tech's uh, campus, mm. and it was all very studenty up there. It was all kind of. Nice little coffee shops, nice little bakeries, yeah. and there's a fantastic Mexican restaurant um, where I went and had one of Anthony Munoz's Modelos. Um, <laughs> and uh, he probably gets paid for that mention on this podcast. You know that, don't you? Well, yes, indeed. I, I, and I'm, I'm going to be uh, billing Modelo for, for <laughs> my time as well. Good, good. Um, so you stayed in uh, quite a relaxed, hipstery sort of district, I guess, but yeah. Um, did you go and see Georgia Tech at all? Were they at home that weekend? Yeah, they were at home. They played uh, Bowling Green from um, north northeast Ohio. Yes. Um, and they sort of summarily thrashed them. Yeah. Um, I think it ended something like 65-17. And <laughs> okay. it was completely one-sided. Wow. Um, Georgia Tech had 375 yards on the ground. Wow. And Bowling Green just couldn't stop them. And um, a, Go on, sorry. Oh, sorry. Carry on. That was a, that was a really cool experience. That's so different to um, an NFL game, which is so kind of um, high stakes corporate. Mm. That was more based on traditions. Um, they had the band, they had the students there in in the student section. It that I think I did enjoy that an awful lot. Probably not as much as the Bengals winning, but no, no, I know um, what you mean though. It's it a different experience, experience, right? Yeah. Um, so what about um, the game itself? I mean, that that new stadium they've got in Atlanta looks pretty incredible. But what what was it like um, up close and personal? I mean, it's, it's even more ludicrous experiencing <laughs> it in person. Right. Um, they've got these giant um, sort of 40-foot uh, big screens just going round the middle of it. Wow. And whenever it's third down, Samuel L. Jackson comes on, starts chanting, it's like, Stop the stop the ATL ATL. It's like <laughs> it's it's very sort of intimidating as an away team, and and that's kind of why I was so impressed yeah. with Andy Dalton um, because usually that's the kind of game where the Bengals fold. Yeah, and it was in a in a reasonably full, very big stadium with a very loud, very raucous crowd. I mean, there were a lot of Bengals fans there, but mm. the Falcons fans were hyped up for this. And did you talk to any of the Falcons fans? What do they think of us? What do they think of the team? Um, um, I, I, I think they kind of saw that, I mean, the previous week they'd lost, I think, 41-39 to the Saints. Mm. And it was the same thing happening again. Yeah. And basically they, they, they were starting to grow used to the idea that they had no defence. <laughs> they could try and keep up with with scoring, but this was their lot that, yeah, they're not going to be able to keep teams out this year. Mm. Well, they're one and four now. Pittsburgh absolutely they battered them, didn't they? Um, so, tell us about you. Would would you recommend Atlanta? I mean, how does it? Is it a bit bit more? It sounds a bit more glitzy affair than say Paul Brown Stadium. Um, what What was the best thing you ate all weekend? If you can remember, um, there, there was a fantastic um, chili dog. 
in the stadium. You know when they do these uh, things at the start of the season, they go, oh, you can get this food here or you can get this food here. Yeah. I think it might be one of those that was on the list, but it was sort of really stacked high with all sorts of things. And I'm coming into the stadium with this kind of balanced in one hand and one for my dad in the other hand. <laughs> and poor Tyler Eifert's lying down um, with his leg sort of in in sort of a cast. I'm just thinking, I feel so stupid now. Um, <laughs> I've got this big, massive, ridiculous hot dog and, and your man's there um, sacrificing his body for my entertainment. Well, it's it's very sort of gladiatorial, isn't it, uh, the NFL, it I think. Me. So... Um uh, and I'm sure one bite into that chili dog, and you kind of forgot all about Tyler Eifert, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> um, so you've been to a few away games, haven't you? A few Bengals away games, yeah. Um, and obviously, that's something that you'd recommend, right? Because I've, I've only ever been to PBS. I'm lucky to say that. But um, and but going away is is a totally different experience, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. It- you kind of feel more in a brotherhood with with all the the Bengal fans that are are actually there. So, in my section, there was about um, sort of ten or fifteen within high five distance yeah. um, that I could get to, and quite a lot more sort of down towards the front. Right. Um, and when the touchdown goes in at the at the final bell. Basically, all, all the Falcons fans disappear. Mm. It's like there's a fire drill, and it's just <laughs> right. Bengals fans in there, and that's that's what you want. That's 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 great. Mm. Well, um, I have a question. Oh, let me just pass the mic over to Simon. There, here we go. Here we go. Hey, Jamie, how are you? Hello there, Simon. Um, so, um, based on yesterday's result, do you think we'll be going back to Atlanta this season? Oh, Ooh. bloody hell! That's that's big. Um, I'm permanently pessimistic. <laughs> um, I, I'm still looking at them. the the four and one at the moment, so that to me suggests that they can still go four and twelve. Um, I, I think we're a good team. Whether we're Super Bowl good, we'd have to get past the Chiefs and the Patriots, and I'm not sure we we're quite at that level yet. I think there's a lot to to work on. Every week there seems to be a new problem. But every week's previous problems being solved. So whether they just keep working and, and at some point they they become a a fully functioning team, maybe that will happen someday. But I, I'm not going to go out there and say that we're going to the Super Bowl yet. Yeah, I think uh, this week. What do you think about this week's test? Because I think that will tell us a lot about our mental fortitude and also our technical fortitude to get to get there. Well, Pittsburgh are poor this year, and and we really should be beating them. They're not a good team. If we execute, if we keep our heads, we should be putting 30-odd points past them. We should be doing this easily. We need to get past the idea that they're the big brother in this division. They've been so poor this year that we have even more of a chance. We should be expecting victory on Sunday. Amen to that, and uh, we'll talk a bit more about the Pittsburgh game a bit later but um, Jamie thanks uh, a lot for coming on um, glad you enjoyed your trip to Atlanta it does sound amazing it's one of those cities isn't it that um, seems to have a lot of sort of romance about it but actually it's like a big big sprawling metropolis of a place And um, but yeah um, I'm glad you enjoyed it and uh, yeah thanks for coming on mate alright and uh, have a good evening guys
Nice one, Jamie. That'll do. All right. Yeah, all right, mate. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, yeah? All right, see you later, fella. Cheers, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, that was Jamie Rowe from Manchester, and um, he was talking about Atlanta. And you've been to a few away games, haven't you? Yeah, it's, it's two years since my trip um, for my 30th birthday. So I went to Dallas and I went to, to Boston, and it was an mm. incredible time. I'd imagine the Atlanta Stadium is a lot like the Dallas one, where it's just gaudy beyond belief. Yeah, but, right. um, I mean, it must be weird if you've been to that, those grounds. And then I've never been to PBS. I know you, mm. you're saying you have, obviously, a couple of times, but how that compares for away fans, because I'm sure it's not the same. Mm. I mean, there was quite a few Dolphins fans uh, there did yesterday. See, did you see there? the one guy was half and half? Yeah, that's, I mean, what the hell was he talking about? Not talking about, what doing? Because he can only do that once a year, and he must have had to make that shirt, that jersey, for that one game. Yeah, strange, strange. We need to track him down for the next no, we time. Don't. We don't, we don't. We don't, I don't want him in the way. He's a nutcase. Um... <laughs> Okay, so let's get to our correspondence. Um, we do thank you for everything that you send in. Um, I think we're blessed, Simon. I, I was just thinking, like, it, this season, it feels like it's gone another notch, and that's down to your hard work, to be honest, mate. Well, you know, you got you put in... No, hold on. You get what you put in. Anyway, I mean, yeah. moving swiftly on... <laughs> Why is everything I say a double entendre? It's not meant to be, It's honestly. just the accent, that voice is right, so like, okay. I don't oh, know. Dear, it's a bit Terry Thomas, is it? <laughs> um, oh, gosh, I've gone now. You have now, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but yeah, um, it's, it is going great, and we, we love all the interactions. It's brilliant. It makes us, you know, the community feel like a community. It's brilliant. Um, I said brilliant twice there in quick succession. It's that brilliant. In that, in that voice, it doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> right. Uh, and of course, as ever, you can get hold of us at today underscore UK on Twitter and uh, Bengals UK on Facebook. I don't think there are any other social media platforms. Instagram, we don't have that. But yeah, that, uh, no. we're not going to have that, I don't think. Um, but anyway, I'll stop talking about that and to start talking about this now. Martin Greer at Martin Greer 73 Loving this fourth quarter intensity and positive vibes. Great time to be alive, man. Who day? Hashtag cardiac cats. Um, no one that's top of the list, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's that's a real doozy to start things <laughs> yeah, off, isn't lovely it? Lovely stuff. Um, and, you're, and you're fine. You know, there's a lot of positivity out there. People are getting into it. People, you know, obviously it, it's that, it is a dumb thing to say because it is so obvious. But, you know, when a team's winning, when your team's winning... It's just fun. Yeah, I think the two years have been under par. It's been fr- that has been frustrating. Yeah, and I think you know there yeah. was more there, right? Definitely, and I think it just makes you re- because the NFL is so condensed. I think you have to live this way because it comes and goes so quickly that you just kind of yeah, lose track it, that, of it. And I think it's mm. it's, it's the, I think I I try to be glass half full with sports, and I mm. think it, it's, I mean the glass is half full right now for sure. The the glass is is rising and the cup will overfloweth at some point. Um I hope. Um Memphis Soul Stew at Stuart Baird, six eight eight. An outstanding team performance. Did we see some half time adjustments? Let's not overlook AJ Green had another hundred yard game. And that's a really good point because you know, we just expect AJ to do good things, to mm. do sometimes fantastic things. And He's having a good season, I think. Obviously, you know, there was a fumble or two, but um, every player fumbles now and again. Yes. Um, but I agree. I think I think sometimes maybe we take AJ for granted. I know, he, you know, 
he has his flaws in his games like everyone else and we we've spoken about them on the podcast and in private um but yeah he's he's just so smooth and so good and those sideline catches and and he's pretty clutch this year i think yeah absolutely consistency is like one of the best things that he brings to our team and and we have taken it for granted because he's made us a, a team out of five out of seven times been to the playoffs and yeah. he's been to seven Pro Bowls in a row and yesterday was his the record for 100 yard games as a receiver yeah. he'll it. make the Pro Bowl again this year exactly yeah. and um, hopefully we talked about Hall of Fame earlier with Gino you heard that with AJ and he, he helps elevate the guys around him as well yeah absolutely as for half time adjustments um, the Dolphins adjusted at half time yeah they, they sort of adjusted downwards I think yeah. but um, as for us yeah, maybe. I mean, they did they did do better against the run, I think. But I, I remember c- the offense coming out and having a horrible three and out that first mm. drive of the second half. But you know, yeah, no, and we and we started running the ball well, so we started making some chunk plays and and well, that wasn't until the fourth quarter. Everything happened in the fourth quarter. Yeah, pretty Everything. much. And pretty I, I think much. if you keep hammering at it, Joe Mixon will make guys miss. And yeah, his he's now like he's missed two games, but he's in the sort of top uh, ten of like. 20, 20 yard plus runs, um, mm. which I think is again we, di- we didn't have one over twenty six yards. I think it was last year, so no, it's massively well, important. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Aurelius FC at Aurelius thirteen. That's a solid handle. What a win! They never gave up, and the defense made some great adjustments. Not sure they had. Not sure they had a hundred yards in the second half. Andrew, no more Andy Dalton, is playing out of his skin right now. That throw to Mix let. Let's me know he's playing without fear. Who mm-hmm day? Uh, I won't say the real word. Um, yeah, I mean everything that we've spoken about. Dalton just looks really comfortable with the scheme. He obviously gets on well with Bill Lazor. And there was an article flying around Twitter, um, a quote from a Miami newspaper previewing the game, um, saying that Bill Lazor's relationship with Tannehill was the, is the or was the complete opposite to his relationship with Dalton. He never believed in Tannehill from the start and made it, it made it known didn't that he that. didn't rate him at all. And that's uh, that's interesting, right? Because they, those two guys, Dalton and Laser, seems to seem to get on really well. There's a scheme that, that suits Dalton. He understands it. He's got command of it. He feels... And maybe, you know, Alex... Um, you know, um, has, has kind of brought out something new. So, yeah, a combination of those two things... Looks as though it's done the trick. Yeah, I mean, culture's everything in sports. Like, you, and you look at any great team, any bad teams, either great players or culture, and you need both those things really to be a good team. And the, that quarterbacks room is the, probably the most important room mm. in the in the team. And I think Van Pelt's come with some experience. And you look at the, the struggles Green, Green Bay have had. Lasers come over there, got his scheme in there. We're, we're, we're getting guys in the right places, making plays at the right time. It's huge. Absolutely. I mean, I can't disagree with that at all. Really. Um... If we can just get the off line to the line a little bit. I know they're functional. I yeah. know they're doing a a half decent job. I am concerned. I am concerned. I mean, Billy Price obviously we don't know when he'll be back. Probably after okay. Here's the a question. Here's a question. Go for it. So, uh, Red, you know, stats come up and say Redmond's been allowing you know the most pressures by a guard or one of the most pressure. You know, um, he's up there basically. Mm. Um, when Price comes back, do you move Trey Hopkins to guard? Interesting. Yeah, good question. And then you chuck into the, the mix Westerman, who they clearly just don't trust or don't like or yeah. don't do something about him that they don't like. The one that, you know, 
Bobby Hart, you're making any issues yesterday. You, you wonder if there's some refiguring across every part outside of left tackle, even though Glenn, by the way, has struggled the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, so, he, got, he got one play, he got in particular that sticks in the mind. I can't remember who beat him. It could have been... I think Charles Harris, I want to say. Maybe I'm wrong. But he beat him all ends up, yeah. yesterday, like, just by pure speed. Yeah, maybe I'm getting that wrong. Another mm. no-name guy I'd never heard of got a couple of sacks yesterday. Anyway, yeah. um, they'll go into the bye week, I think, after we play... Um, got like is that week eight, week nine. I think we are. I think then they'll they'll probably make a change. It's a guess, but you, they always say, don't they, about continuity on the offensive line? So they don't want to change that. So I wonder if it'll be Price in, Hopkins out, and yeah. then maybe reassess it. But Westerman can't continue to make these the mistakes that he does. The, pen, the penalty, sorry, Redmond. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they always seem to be in the red zone as yeah, well. Always, good. it's either Hart or Redmond. That's the killer. And yet they are giving him. Just about enough time to make some plays, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which is all that Dalton needs, really. That's the way he kind of he throws and things like that. He's a rhythm guy on yes. a certain time clock. And um, I'll say this: we 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 really good in the red zone prior to this week. Yeah. And then, so let's not let's not put it into a vacuum and say that's our issue. I think in the big, bigger picture would have been okay. Well, Croft went out yesterday as well, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I think he got injured, didn't oh, he? I, did, I, did, well, I didn't see him. Um, yeah, so it was only sort of CJ Uzama at um, or Uzama. I keep saying Uzama, but I prefer that to be honest. Yeah. Uzama, isn't it? He's an interesting guy uh, who I like, but physically, you know, he's yeah, got a really, really good. Got, he made a uh, there's a legal shift. It's it's really good when you know you, you can spot an illegal shift. You feel <laughs> yes, like you got to the next I've level. I made, made it as a fan. And next I was like, level. I was like, oh, you you dozy bugger. But yeah, um, yeah. He, he looks interesting. I, I really think he's underrated, as I say. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Fisher at Cosmic Sausage 77. <laughs> um, one of my, I would say, one of the solidest handles out there. Um, <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch the game, and what strikes me that's different from traditional Bengals seasons is the ability to step up in key moments to see out games rather than crumble under pressure. Gino inspiring the D and Dalton looks a completely different player. Massive respect to Dalton. He has been immense so far this season. What did he learn to... When did he learn to scramble and throw outside the pocket? In the past, I used to hide the behind the sofa when he flushed out of the pocket and bad things usually followed. And that's exactly what we've been saying. He yeah. actually... He doesn't look like a deer in the headlights. He, you know... Um, he looks pretty comfortable. He looks as though he's got command of everything. And that's not just the scheme, but also his physical movements as yeah. well. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't look awkward. He doesn't look as though, he, like like uh, Mike just said there, you know, I was kind of the same. You know, whenever he used to take off, sometimes he was seeing ghosts and he took off for no reason. Yeah. Sometimes he took off with very good reason, especially with our offensive line the past couple of years. Uh, and you just kind of thought, oh my God, he's going to do something awful. He's going to do something awful. And sure enough, he'd probably do something awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, maybe it's the reasons why I'm not going to say his name again. Cause, uh, no, but I, I, the more and more I think about it, the more and more you're absolutely right about Van Pelt because Alex who? Van Pelt. Who's Simon? Alex Van Pelt. Coming to a theatre near you. <laughs> it just feels like very ironic. Save the world. Because you have, you have to kind of... Um, practice that you have to practice that you can't it's not natural like that way NFL's not built that way and it feels like that's something that, an emphasis for those guys and also there was a play, I think it was last week I want to say when Dalton could have uh, run like seven yards in front of him there's loads of space but he looked to pass and it was the wrong choice but I was like okay he's keeping his eyes downfield and regardless if he makes the right decision or not that he's doing that I think is a 
massive sign because he's not the guy who does that really like previously. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's good to see. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we've got some more correspondence. We're, we're going to take a little break now. We're going to talk to our uh, second special guest. And now to our special guest. He played in the NFL between 2001 and 2007 for teams, including the Washington Redskins, the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots. And since then, he's forged a successful media career. He appears on Sirius XM NFL Radio, writes for The Atlantic and calls games for the likes of CBS, ESPN, NBC and Westwood One Sports, as well as hosting his very own podcast, the Ross Tucker Podcast. Ross, welcome to Cincinnati. Paul, thanks for having me. How are you, buddy? I'm very well, thank you. Now, apart from your superior football intellect and knowledge, obviously, and, and, and analysis, there is another reason for getting you on the show. Would you, would you care to explain... Uh, no, I'll let you, I'll let you explain it. Although I am very happy to be able to talk to my guy, Simon. Oh. Well, there you go. There you go. You can probably hear him in the background. Um, yeah. So, uh, when was it? When, like five years ago, maybe was that as long as long as long as that a bit longer? Um, you were a regular co-presenter on ESPN's football today podcast with pod Vader and Matt Williamson, M-Dub. And that was the first podcast I certainly got into uh, and was my go-to podcast. And you started to do super fans, where you'd gather super fans of all the teams from around the world, I guess, because, you know, it is a global game now. We are yep, testing and, and Simon was our Bengals fan. That's right. So I thought as a surprise to Simon, and he's stepping in for our regular kind of co-presenter here on Cincinnati, I'd get an old friend of yours on the line. So Simon, say hello to Ross. Hey Ross, how's it going? Good to, good to hear Simon, you Simon, what's up man? Your voice sounds the same. I guess it should, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still, still a male, still an adult. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing I, I, great. I, lo I love not only that I get a chance to talk to you as a guy that was a super fan and I know still listens to the Ross Tucker football podcast and the other ones I have even money for gambling and fantasy fees for fantasy, etc. But also how about those Bengals, man? How about it? Good yeah. timing for me to come on the yeah. show. <laughs> Absolutely. We're cooking right now. Yeah. It's been a, been a crazy start to the season. We've been in some, um, some brilliant games and we're just fun to watch again, which has not been the case for the last two years. It feels like they're back to where they were. I mean, right now I, I think they're pretty clearly the favorite to win the AFC North. And I remember thinking a lot during the first half of that game when the Dolphins had a 17-0 lead. And I'm sure you guys were thinking the same way. Here we go again. You know, same old Bengals kind of thing. Just when you think you can count on them, just when you think this year's different, they lay an egg at home against a team like this that they should beat. But no. They bounced back and they played extremely well and they dominated the second half, 24 points in the fourth quarter. They win by double digits. The defense was awesome. It's, it's a good time to be a Bengals fan again. And I'm really happy for guys like you and your listeners, you know, that fought through some tough times. I think now, you know, you popped out back to the other side again. Oh, absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's been a, a tough couple of years and, I think as 
UK fans, one thing that sets us apart is we're quite, quite positive people, especially with the Bengals. And um, it's been a joy to watch. And we've got a really exciting young team. Um, we've got a quarterback who's playing probably the best football of his, his of his life, and um, uh, an offensive scheme that's fun to watch with some really exciting players. So um, we're yeah excited for the rest of the season. We've got a great chance to win the AFC North. Huge game this Sunday. But yeah, like I said, yeah, fun to fun to watch and uh, exciting to be a part of. I bet, man. And, you know, I've always been a Bengals uh, supporter, I guess you could say, for a few different reasons. Number one, I really like their uniforms because (laughs) it reminds me of my alma mater in college, the Princeton Tigers. So there's some similarities there in the color scheme and the helmets and stuff. Not identical, but close enough that it kind of makes me feel like I'm watching Princeton when I watch them. I've got a couple of close friends one of whom actually started a business with me called Go Big Recruiting that lives in Cincinnati. And my teammate, when I was with the Redskins, is actually former Bengal Alex Solstead. And he's from Cincinnati. So I actually get a chance to go there a decent amount. And then Marvin Lewis was my coach with the Redskins in 2002. Now, obviously, I was on, you know, the offensive side of the ball, but he was the defensive coordinator with Steve Spurrier, Really, really like him as a man. I think he's an awesome guy, and uh, I'm glad that they stuck with him. I didn't think they would after last season, and I'm really hoping this is the year they finally – you know what else? I can't stand when people (laughs) just say all the time, they've never won a playoff game, can't win a playoff game, told me when he wins a playoff game. Like this year, my my wish list is for people – that don't really study it, that don't really put the time in and just lean on what I call crutches, right? It's like they don't have any actual insight or analysis, so they just lean on the only thing that they know, which is the, you know, yeah. oh, everyone to play off games. I hope they win a playoff game. I hope Kirk Cousins wins a playoff game. I want to get yeah. all of those things out of the way <laughs> so the morons out there don't have anything to say. To, uh, amen to that, Ross. Blimey, that uh, you can you can bang our drum anytime. But I'm um, just a few things to to kind of um, pick up on there. You mentioned that. Um, well, first of all, a lot of people spoke about the offensive line as a real weakness this year, which you know is was fair enough. Um, what have you have, uh, the games that you've seen, the snippets of highlights that you've seen? What and as a former offensive lineman yourself, what have you seen the difference is this year? Well, they've played so much better up front, and there's a couple different reasons for that. I think solidifying the left tackle spot with Cordy Glenn has really helped, and frankly, they've gotten solid center play, whether it was Billy Price or Trey Hopkins. Yeah. Bowling has always been solid, but it's very difficult, guys to help both sides, right? Hmm. And when they were playing Obwehi and playing Jake Fisher, both of those guys, unfortunately, were liabilities. And so it's almost like you didn't know which side to help. You didn't know which way to go, which isn't good. So what I like about them now is, at least with Cordy Glenn, you know he's a solid starter. You don't really need to help him. So you can primarily go the other way if you need to help Bobby Hart, who's had his moments, but he's also, I think, been pretty solid and certainly mm-hmm. a lot better than Obwehi and Fisher were. Yeah. And Redmond's been solid at right guard as well. I like the undrafted free agent, you know, doing some positive things. So they've, they've been much better. I think they're being coached a little bit better. And in fairness, I also think that their skill is better than it has been. Sure. You know, 
the, two things have really jumped out. Whoever the running back is has played well. But, you know, Bernard and Mixon, I feel like Mixon losing weight, even though he got banged up, he's kind of taken his game to the next level. And then I would say on offense, guys, almost as important as anything is they have a legit number two receiver for the first time in a while. And that's Tyler Boyd, who has played extremely well. And I actually, you guys will appreciate this. I actually got a chance to see him three years in a row in the state championship high school football games in Pennsylvania. So I'm from Pennsylvania. I know if you guys listen to the Ross Tucker football podcast, you know how much I love it and how much I love high school football. He went to Clareton High School. They didn't lose a game his three years, sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school. And he was one of the most naturally gifted, graceful athletes I think I've ever seen on a football field. It just felt like he was gliding around the field with unbelievable body control uh, and just everything he did was effortless. I compared him to like Keenan Allen in terms of just how he goes about it with his body. And he made some huge plays against the Falcons and really, you know, having him opposite AJ Green has been huge. Yeah, he looks like he's a trusted uh, weapon for Andy Dalton. Um, Looking forward to the rest of the year, Huge game on Sunday, but how do you see the Bengals' outlook for the rest of the year, Ross? Well, I think I said it earlier. I, I, I really think that right now they're the favorites in the AFC North, although I will say it was the Steelers' best performance of the year against the Falcons. You know, We know what they can do offensively, but defensively, the Steelers really played well, and that's been the unit that's been lagging behind for them. I still think the Ravens are a very good team. I just think the Browns are a solid team and you can't just go in there and expect to beat them anymore. And that's why the Browns were able to, to go ahead and, and beat the Ravens. I'm still surprised the Ravens lost. Obviously some of the drops hurt, the fumble hurt some plays like that, but I still think the Ravens are a good team as well. So we got a long way to go. The usual suspects, those three, I think will be in it in the end. I don't really expect the Browns with a rookie quarterback you know, to be in the thick of things until the end. But I, right now, I'd have to pick the Bengals. We'll see. You know, the way the NFL is, guys, and you know this, so much of it is just about health yeah. and injuries and, and how healthy you can stay as a team. So it's tough for any of us to predict that. I would say all things being equal in that regard right now, I'd probably go with the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, I was telling somebody earlier, you know, their D-line is talented and deep. They're linebackers. Preston Brown's playing well. They got Vontez perfect back. Secondary's a bunch of first-round picks. We talked about the offense. I mean, that's that's the team. That, that, that's football. That's the roster. Yeah. And they're good. <laughs> All those guys I mentioned are good. Mm, absolutely. Um, Ross, I know that you're going to be uh, calling the Monday night game. Uh, is that right? You're, you're working on the same I'm on the sideline. Yeah, it'll be uh, Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner. We'll be in the booth, and I'll be on the sideline. And if you listen to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, you've been hearing me say a lot this week that I was actually on the field when Emmett Smith broke the all-time rushing record. So I think it's pretty cool that I'm going to be the field as well when Drew Brees, we presume, breaks the all-time passing record tonight as well. Well, we can't thank you enough for joining us. I mean, you've you've been an absolute kind of explosion of positivity. So thank you so much for spending the time and um, you can follow Ross on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL and obviously listen to the Rod, uh, Ross uh, Tucker podcast 
uh, by going to rostucker.com. He's he is a one man media machine, is Ross, and he's well worth a listen. And I'm really thrilled to have you on, Ross, because you know just listening back to that ESPN uh, football today, but got me all kind of quite nostalgic. So. Thank you for kind of surprising Simon. I wanted to surprise Simon, so thank you so much for for kind of uh, playing along and being a good sport. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't remember that many of the super fans, but I definitely remember Simon, you know, because he was from the UK. I I don't know. I just, there's something about you, Simon, that I definitely remember. So I'm glad to get a chance to say hello again. And I'm a a bastion of positivity because the Bengals are, are, they made it easy for me today. Don't call me, don't have me come on when they've lost three in a row. We can definitely agree that um, to that. No, um, just want to say thanks for coming on, Ross. It's, we, I, I'm stunned to be honest, and uh, I'll never forget when we uh, we met in Trafalgar Square and you were shocked to meet me. Um, so thank you so much for like all the support. It's been it was a bit great time over at ESPN, and uh, I'm, I'm delighted you're doing really well because um, you, you're a great guy. So thanks. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Well, there you go. That was Ross Tucker, ex NFL player, as I say, ex ESPN Football Today co presenter. Someone I used to listen to every single week. And then I heard this guy called Simon. I thought, who's that guy? Yeah. I want to meet that guy. He sounds like a sexy guy. And then I did meet you, and it just it didn't quite happen, did it, really? <laughs> that was my choice, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thank you so much. That was um, a nice blast in the past. and um, yeah, That, that yeah. was a fun time, right? So the, yeah. just explain to the readers, we should have done this before the interview, but I, I mean, just, you know, full disclosure, the... I told Ross, I emailed Ross today just to confirm things and um, I asked him, I said, look, I want to keep this a surprise right up until the moment I, 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 I say your name, right? Yeah. Um, so it's all right. It, when, it normally, you know, we have a bit of a chat with the guests before we go into it yeah, and obviously yeah. everything's edited up so it kind of sounds like we go into the conversation. Um, but I said to Ross, I'm going to call you Dave because I don't want Simon to know until uh, I mention your name that you're going to be the guest. And, he, and to be fair play to him, he was he played along. And yeah, I was genuinely stunned as well. Um, so thank you. It was, I think that was kind of a weird time for me. Like, I think it was like 2011, I want to say. And um, that's kind of brought us together as friends, which I, yeah. I always admire. And a few other things that have kind of gone my way as a result. So um, yeah, saying the nostalgic for sure, but obviously. So they used to have these these uh, super fans on, yeah. and what what did you have to do? Remind people what you had to do. So there was yeah, obviously thirty two of us. Um, if there was a, I think it was three games a week. There was like three big games a week. They would get you on to kind of go to to battle against the other super fan in those big games, and then kind of make your point and and kind of try and curry favour with the the non fans of your team. So yeah. um, it was just a good good era and. Just just to add to that, um, two years ago today, I, um, I went to um, Boston and I actually stayed with the uh, the Patriot superfan, who and we became friends as a result. And we saw oh, our well, friends. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's so, amazing. So, God, this that, that's why I'm stunned. Yeah, that's why I love the songs. It's like it's so full circle that, and uh, it was, it became kind of more than it was um, as a mm. result. But um, it was yeah, so much fun those days. Well, you'll always be a super fan in my eyes, Sam. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers, Paul. And so are you. Right. Um, I'm not the one with the podcast, by the way, so you're the super <laughs> fan. Thank you. Well, uh, we give thanks to Ross Tucker. who is he? I mean, I said it once and I'll say it again. He is a one-man media machine. So give his podcast a listen because 
I mean, he has some really great people on there. And he also, as he mentioned, he always seems to get the scoop on Marvin Lewis or with Mar- Marvin Lewis because I didn't put it together until he mentioned it there. Yeah. He was his coach back in Washington. Yeah, exactly. So he yeah. always gets him on his radio show before, you know, and because Marvin is kind of a bit reticent to kind of, you know, spill the beans in front of like yeah. the Cincinnati press, who I know sure. gets really hacked off with that. But he he goes to Ross because they've got this relationship. So um, I'm not sure whether you can listen to Sirius X. You can get little snippets like on SoundCloud and stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. If, right. He, if he's on there, but um, yeah, yeah, it, it's always I always love refreshingly open Marvelous because like Marvin, sorry, um, yeah. because it's it's a different side that you see. I always. I always prefer when he's, when he's educational as well and he's humorous. Yeah, There's he, a great side because he's clearly a smart guy. With, and he's a nice guy. He's a nice well, guy. It's just, I think he's very much like, a bit like Belichick in a way. That's yes, like, very it's, much. What's in this room's, you know, it's not just a distraction. Absolutely. So thanks to Ross for joining us. Another fantastic special guest for Cincinnati. I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, let's get some some more correspondence, specifically looking forward to the Steelers game. Um, Duncan Eden at Slam Dunk the Funk. Sensational comeback this weekend, this week, defines us as a team. Beat that lot from Pittsburgh and we become a genuine article. Let's see if we can finally overcome the adversity and have the mental strength to do so. Uh, Captain Obvious, Bengals captain, that's Jeremy Kenley. Yeah, he's a top man. He's a great guy. Only worried about the officiating next week. Tomlin, whining about the rest for no reason likely to get more attention against the Bengals. Uh, TJ, no, sorry, T. Justin at Nostra Thomas. <laughs> Four. That's, that is a solid handle, I must say. That is a solid handle. Uh, and he Indeed. responded to, to Jeremy, or sorry, Captain, uh, obvious. That comes in three forms, Captain. One, Bengals get flagged for penalties that did not occur. Okay. Two, Steelers do not get flagged for personal fouls that the other 31 teams in the NFL would get called on. And three, Steelers O-line gets away with 15 holding penalties that would get you arrested in 49 states. Um, Donald at Don Juan. <laughs> Another solid handle. Uh, Don, the geezer's blowing off his head there. At yeah. Don Juan 0824. <laughs> we can definitely get Pittsburgh and need to... But taking on KC, we're going to need to go score uh, to stay in it. I think he means to score more, uh, which is normally the way you win games, I guess, <laughs> uh, Don. He's uh, figured sports out. Yeah. Uh, Crunk's brother at Mark Spiller. I disagree. I think they can get KC in a lower scoring game. The league now has a bit of a book on what Mahomes and Reed want to do offensively, and you know New England will have a game plan to exploit the young QB's weakness. And of course, Kansas City and New England yeah, play each other this weekend. Yeah, uh, Michael McGarren at Med Writer Mike. Hello, Mike. Um, uh, if we can get, if we can get even just one win from those two games, then I think we've got a realistic shot at breaking our playoff jinx. Mm. Let's fight and talk. And the ugly game, uh, ugly game. Um, credit to Marvin. If in January you'd asked Bengals fans if they'd be going into the Steelers game optimistic victory, they'd say no. But he did, and they are. And when they lose badly, people will be gutted that they got sucked in again. That is Marvin's genius. Slightly cynical there, Martin. Uh, um, but I see what you mean. That That, that is a a pattern of behaviour that keeps repeating itself, doesn't it, over the years. Um, But the Steelers, obviously fans are amped up because it is our number one rivalry. 
Um, I think I always say this before Steelers games. I want the team to take the emotion out of it. I want the team. Now that might not be very popular with fans because we want it to be emotional because we hate the Steelers and we want to absolutely knack them. But we've been the players. I say we. I'm not one of the players, obviously. Uh, the players have been over emotional in the past, and look where it's got us. I want us to forget about this whole kind of Mike Tomlin talking about the refs. No, no doubt Juju is going to come out and say some daft things this week. You know, I don't. I don't want to take the bait I want the players to kind of take the emotion out of it and just follow the game plan to beat the Steelers because they're there for the taking Ross was right they look really impressive against Atlanta yeah um, so I think it is one of those coin flip games um, but I I don't want to kind of subscribe to this kind of big brother little brother wind up thing that Obviously, it's a great narrative for the the media to follow, and it's a great narrative for the Pittsburgh Steelers to to kind of keep sustaining. But I want us to take the emotion out of it. I want to approach it just like any other game, you know. And the only reason why it's important is because they're a divisional team, they're a good team, and if we beat them, we'll be five and one, and they'll be what two one and one? No, hold on, whatever. Yeah, yeah, two one and two. I'd say. At minimum, no more. That's worse than that. Two, one, three. You want to say? Yeah, I think they would be. Wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. So you know, if we win, it would just go a long way because yeah. the season doesn't end with the Steelers game. Um, it's just a, it's the division game, and like Marvin, the recipe is there. If you win most of your division games, you got a good chance to win the division. Yeah. Um, going back to your point about the the emotion, take it out of it. What I would like to see is the aggression from a football perspective, not necessarily a hit people hard perspective it's like if there's a four from one on the 45 yard line go for it but just be aggressive and make sure that you get that yard and I think that's the one thing we've missed over the last few years if I'm honest and I feel like we we need to if you look at the way the NFL is going this year with Casey and the Rams kind of leading the way that four from one yesterday from the Seahawks to, to essentially win the game in Seattle is a type of thing I, I mean by that and it's like saying you know what we're not going to fear losing doesn't matter who the team is yeah Let's just go for it. And, and I think that's the, the mindset we need to go in there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jason Garrett's getting some awful stick today, isn't he, for not... Um, and you would say... You know, not not going for it on yeah. the fourth and... Was it fourth and one yeah, it was, against it was really, uh, Texans? Yeah. And that cost them, didn't it? You know, so... And he's done that repeatedly. Now, people have a go at Marvin for being conservative, and there mm. is an element of conservatism there, I think. But he does go for it on fourth. And we're not talking about fourth and one. Who cares about fourth and ones? But... I know what you mean, though. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I mean, it, a small example yesterday. He did, he did say in his press conference that we we took it a bit easy on that. that there's a, a series before we we turned them over again. I think it was before the Jesse Bates um, INC or maybe after that. But yeah, so we we played it safe because we were up by two scores. And you think maybe the difference between if we want to get to that next level is maybe you know what we we might be by two scores, but yeah, we're going to run it down your throat or whatever it may be. And that's the one thing I, I still want to see from Marvin Lewis and his team because. That sort of aggression. That sort of aggression, because that is Marvin Lewis, and you can and those big games are won on those big calls. And I think, and being sure of your convictions, and that we have to be that this week. Otherwise, forget about talent. That's what wins those big games. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be another close game, though, don't you? I think we're all pretty suited, ready, suited for it now. I think we've. I've been pretty calm. I don't know about you in the fourth yeah. quarter, and yeah. been like, well, yeah. I mean, to a degree, like reason. <laughs> I think after that Tannehill first pick, which was still. 
I mean, that was, a, that was the brain fart to end all brain farts, wasn't it? Um, from that point, I was like, I fancy us. I really did think, I was like, I just feel like we'll make some plays here. Well, just, I mean, as soon as MJ took it to the house, I thought, something's happening here. You could feel, as again, I'd say it before, you know, you could feel the energy in the stadium. It really came through yeah. just watching it on a laptop screen. You know, you could feel that energy. Yeah. People go nuts. And then suddenly there was another, you know, a stop. I mean, an inexplicable kind of third and one play by a call by Gase and he chose to pass instead of, you know, what's been working for them all game? Running the the run. run. So yeah. why not give it to Gore? He probably would have got it. But he, anyway, um, and then, you know, two really cool contributions from two rookies, you know, as you mentioned, Jesse Bates and Sam Hubbard. Hubbard with the TD and Bates with the late interception that kind of sealed the deal. Oh, yeah, I love Bates. I think, I think he's done really well, yeah. hasn't he? I mean, yes, we, you know, we were exasperated a bit when George left, but yeah, I mean, again, you had to trust them and, and they, he's, he's had a really good start. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited about that. The one thing I'll say about this week and the crowd vibe that we definitely had yesterday is that the Steelers will travel and that probably will yes. be 64. I might be a bit crazy there. But it's funny thinking about every time Mike Brown says this and there's a marketing uh, practitioner, let's say, uh, when he says winning cures all, he's he's kind of got a point, but um, there's more to it than that. But it's great to see that energy and the fans be so passionate and, and the, the, the American fans who might have been there yesterday or any English people, I bet they felt that as well. Well, Here's to it. We'll be uh, talking about it next we won't be. Monday. Um, no, we won't be. Uh, so it's a fun farewell to Simon. Simon, thank you so much for, for stepping in so admirably, actually. I had a couple of messages saying, who's that guy? He's really good. Um, so thank you, mate. I appreciate it. Well, the person who said that, by the way, I appreciate that. Uh, um, just want to say we've gone 2-0 during my tenure here <laughs> in Cincinnati. So. Well, it's... Uh, Save me for the playoffs. How about that? Exactly. If we get there. If, uh, if Nathan comes, who will be back next week, um, comes you know, if we now. lose, then I think he's out the door, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, but no, seriously, sorry. Thanks a lot, mate. Um, and I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed a little surprise for you. Oh, I'm blown away, blown away. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's always great to chat with you uh, and also the other kind of people we've spoken to the last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to just the season now and, and bring on bring on Sunday. And um, Simon will be making a personal uh, appearance at our meetup in a couple of weeks, won't you, Simon? I'm hoping three weeks. Now yeah, twenty eighth. Yeah, twenty eighth. Tampa. Yeah, I'm excited about that game. Yeah, that so- could be a points one as well. That could be a good game, actually. Yeah, uh, that could take us to seven and one. It, it, it might, it be... will. Do you mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. So yeah, just to remind you guys, our fan meetup is Sunday, the twenty eighth of October. Uh, we'll be showing the Bengals versus the Buccaneers live on a big screen, and it's the tap room upstairs at the brewery, uh, uh, brew house and kitchen. I always get that wrong. The brew house and kitchen, uh, Highbury Corner in North London. We've got the room from 5 until 10. Nearest tube station is Highbury in Islington. It costs nothing. Unlike other fan groups, British uh, NFL fan groups, it costs not a jot to get in. Um, Marketing so, genius and Paul Hirons. Well, you know, you give people something for free. Too right. And it happens, isn't it? So we do want you to come along. Um, they're always fantastic fun. Simon will be there. Nathan will be there. Uh, less impressively, I'll be there. Uh, and hopefully there'll be loads of other people there. So do c- come along because they are fantastic fun. But until then, um, you can get hold of us at Beng. No, it is not. Hold on. You can get hold of us on Twitter at Whoday underscore UK and Bengals UK 
on Facebook. Uh, until next week, when it will be the return of the Cockney Geezer, uh, it's a who day from me and... A who day from me. Uh, we'll speak to you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.